Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss Disney World, aliens, and Reddit. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's get right into it. All right, Ryan, we're back. We're back. Uh, It's been a quiet, quiet week. Nothing big happening. Nothing monumental occurring. Just a classic week of nothing happening. Uh, Very newsy. Very newsy week. A lot of politics stuff happening right now. We've just, uh, we're just, um, we are, you know, hours, just a few hours beyond a historic Supreme Court ruling that uh, it's actually like a little bit nuanced, but Trump, I guess, has to show his personal financial records to like a grand jury uh but not congress so uh anyhow you know there was this big supreme court case about whether trump had to produce his tax returns or his uh financial records um prosecutors in new york will be able to see his financial records but not congress so that's pretty huge i mean he's been he's been blocking anybody from seeing his tax returns or any of his personal financial stuff since this campaign began since his presidential campaign began. And it seems like there's some real serious reason he doesn't want people to see them and nobody really knows what it is. Yeah, I don't think this means it's going to get published in the New York Times anytime soon. But I do know that this means that people who have levers of power to hold him accountable for crimes will get to look at it. And um, that brings me so much joy. Because even if they're squeaky, spotless, clean, I would like to know that they're squeaky, spotless, clean. Yeah, it it must be so frustrating for trump i mean to have like kavanaugh and gorsuch you know who are like his boys or whatever (laughs) like vote against him like it must be i mean one can only because you know i don't think those guys are great or anything i think they suck but uh there is like you do like when you're on the supreme court like there are there do seem to be instances where you like the judges actually do seem to exercise like a, a strong legal opinion over like whatever their um you know political leaning may be you know or i mean it's insane that we have like the way that the supreme court is arranged is like we have conservatives and liberals on it like that seems like the dumbest thing in the world to me um like one of the criteria for a supreme court judge should be some sense some way to say like you're not going to be politically aligned in any way shape or form um and like you're actually going to try to like stick to what you believe like the right perception of the law is, uh, but of course, anyhow, we do have an extremely polarized Supreme Court, so it's just interesting to think about, you know, Trump like expecting these people to be like on his side, and then seeing them actually exercise like the job, exercise like the duty of the job in a way that it's supposed to be done, which is, which calls for some impartiality obviously and you hope for it i mean i do think that on some level alleged rapist brett kavanaugh is enjoying being like 
See, you all thought I was just a monster, but sometimes I can compromise and I don't want to give him that. But I do know that literally any grain of sand that goes against Trump's direction infuriates him. And so, like, I don't know. I just know he's having a horrible day and it feels so good after a terrible week. It's it's nice. Yeah, it's it's always good. So I jokingly tweeted actually the other day uh, that, you know, uh, Jair Bolsonaro, who's the president of Brazil, has tested positive for coronavirus, you know, and I was like, do Trump next, you know, which is like a me, you know, the do X next is like, you know, uh, and people, somebody was like, this is, I can't believe you joke about someone getting a deadly disease. And it's like, look, (laughs) it's like, look, I get, I I get it. Uh, I mean, like, but if anybody deserves to get the infectious disease, uh, uh, more than Trump, I haven't, I haven't met that, haven't seen that person, you know, it's like, it's less about me wanting Trump to die and more about me wanting there to be some kind of cosmic, like some proof that, that that the cosmos isn't like aligned against us. It's the poetic perfectness that it would have. It right. would be so wonderful because he is the cause of like 100,000 plus deaths at this point. I think we're estimating we're going to get to 200,000. Like, oh, I mean, it seems like that's going to happen at a rapid clip given the way the, the curve is going. So if he was to be one of them, it would just be so, it would be just desserts. It would be a fitting punishment. And everyone, like, I get it. We're all trying to be good people and we're we're all trying to hold ourselves accountable and blah, 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 blah. When it comes to Donald Trump, I don't need your fucking speech. Like, fuck him. I I hope his fucking thing is full of crimes and I hope they find them. I mean, I agree. I agree. I mean, I have I have to assume that the, it is that his his documents are full of crimes. But, you know, we don't know. And we'll find out, I guess, at some point um, at any rate. So but, you know, it's it. But I think it's the same thing with with with, uh, you know, Brazil's leadership. It's like people who have uh, denied and rejected science and acted like they can, like, you know, will this thing to just disappear on its own. And the reality is like they have you know not only do they have no power over i mean seemingly no power no control over what happens with this virus you know they're highly susceptible to it as well so the virus know. does not care about the personality issues your relationship with your father gave you it's not exactly exactly uh it will leap those it will leap those walls um <laughs> those shoddy walls that you've put up uh so anyhow so yeah so so that's so there's the trump uh tax stuff that's happening the the which is wonderful uh so there is very good stuff there is um uh the uh rise of coronavirus in america very bad very bad situation remember um, like two months ago everyone was like good new york is so gross they all live on top of each other they look at the disease and it's like now yeah. our whole situation is nice clean and tidy and the rest of the country is falling apart well i'm actually like I, i'm actually i mean i i'm like fucking mad i i feel like people in in new york busted their ass to we were fucking guinea pigs to fight this thing and to stay at home and to like work the work the program as as you as you will um and you know and we did it and now it's like, oh, okay, so some now some dumb fuck from some fucking place where they were like, it, oh, this is fit, masks are optional. Who cares? Is going to come here and infect a bunch of people? I mean, this shit is spreading like wildfire. 
and it's doing it in all the places, by the way, which everybody knew was going to happen in all the places where they were like, it doesn't matter. Science isn't real. You don't have to wear a face mask. Like it's, it's, you know, never before has been, you know, being proven right felt so horrible. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. it's like, I don't want those people to get sick. I do hope they're learning a lesson, but it's a horrible lesson to learn. But also it's like threatens everybody else, which is the whole point. You know, the whole point is it isn't just a disease that you can get that you have to worry about yourself. I mean, this is, it's so it's just like, again, I mean, we've talked about this a million times, but the whole coronavirus thing just really goes back to like our parties, our political parties in America and how they consider what they consider, generally speaking, what their sort of like, you know, doctrine is when it comes to how they associate with other people. You know, the Republicans are the party of like, what's, what is, what is, what I want and what I want to do is, is paramount and important and everybody else and everything else is secondary to that, you know? And I think, listen, by and large, not entirely true with every Democrat, but generally speaking, the Democratic Party has been the more generous of the parties. Uh, And, you know, certainly with people like Bernie Sanders who are like, let's like actually do socialism here. You know, it's like, there's a real stark divide between like, I need to get mine before you get yours. And how can I help you? Like just, that's just a really different divide from an attitude perspective. And like, it's really on show right now, you know, a largely blue, largely Democrat state like New York buckled down, took their medicine, did what was in the public interest and it worked. And a lot of other places that are not <laughs> it's blue. It's going to be ruined by three Floridian elderly people yeah, who fucking... decide that they want to see Times Square or whatever. And exactly. We're all going to die. Right. Fucking Florida, you know. <laughs> and anyhow, it's so, it's like, yeah, it's very. But Disney fr- World's open, so. Yeah, I don't, that shit I don't get. I truly do not understand what is up with that shit. What could be less essential than Disney World? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's so fucking insane. I I I I can't believe they went through with it. To be honest with you, I feel like it's a very bad look for Disney as a company. Horrible. But I think they're probably. I mean, they're definitely hemorrhaging money. They can't. Well, I guess, but they're fucking Disney. I know, but they're Disney. Like. Yeah, but I'm sure there's a lot of pressure from stockholders. I'm saying that this is endemic to capitalism. And Disney, even though they have the pressure to be seen as like nice guys, that that will crumble under the pressures of capitalism each and every time. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. It just seems like it's just a bad look, especially if people start getting infected at Disneyland, you know? Disney World. I mean, this is bad for everyone. It's like, you know, did you, you might have seen a video went kind of viral on Twitter where news reporter was like, you know, so and so died. Um, Nick Cordero, actually, they were discussing. Um, Oh, yeah. Broadway actor died after suffering for months and having limbs amputated, died of COVID. Uh, There was his lungs were basically all scar tissue at that point. Mm. And then next to the newscaster discussing that was like, the numbers in America slowly like rising in real time. And then they cut immediately to a commercial where Applebee's is like, welcome back to Applebee's. We're yeah, so happy yeah. to have I've, you. We can't wait the, for the triple I saw, I saw this video. It's like really brutal. I mean, it's literally, it's literally like 
the most depressing description of someone dying ever for zero reason except for because of coronavirus is spreading and then it's like america's back at applebee's it's like mm, yeah i don't know about that i don't know if america is back applebee's <laughs> But it's a Yet. bad look for everybody because they're all fucking – I mean, it, this has been so illustrative of, like, priorities that as much as corporations can be like, we are job creators and we care about our local communities. And, you know, we might be a chain restaurant, but we put a bunch of shit on the walls that's from your town. So we really yeah. care about you. Yeah. And it's so illustrative that, like, no, we don't. We will let you die if we can get $40 today. It's true madness, man. I mean, it. That, yeah, that that commercial is, like, pretty perfect in its – it's it's uh dissonance you know <laughs> that that commercial and that 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 broadcast i mean but look i mean that's america i mean this is i mean i it's like it's hard to look at the news because th- there's so many people with so many bad opinions and they're just they're just going they're just going for it you know and they're i just out here signing open letters in harper's magazine <laughs> they're just out here exactly um fucking you know being silenced by their critics <laughs> by publishing letters in illiberal magazines. illiberal free speech attacks on the fucking journalistic ethics that are our underpinnings of democracy listen if you don't like barry weiss that's illegal that's that's what it comes down to <laughs> if you dare insult her column yeah man it's fucking uh I mean, it's, it's sort of insane. We're talking about. I mean, you, you're making reference to this open letter that was published by uh, uh, in Harper's about how it was very vague. Actually, it was like um, it was it was a dog whistle. It was double speak. It was like you know, people don't listen to ideas anymore, and we need a society. Democracy is underpinned by freedom of speech, and our society needs to protect that as a value and you're like okay that i guess makes sense but then when it's signed by basically every writer or celebrity who's been criticized for transphobia it becomes pretty clear that like what the intention behind the letter was is to say like i don't like trans people and that's just my opinion man and right. then they had a bunch of people who signed it because they just did not have any of that context they just read this vague thing and they were like well if Noam chomsky's doing it i'll do it and i mean yeah there's a bunch of people who are like uh there's a bunch of people who are like yeah they're like um i didn't know that i was signing this jk rowling indemnification yeah it's like i thought this would be uh a letter about you know let's let it you know let's make sure we have healthy debate I, it's, first off it's like you read the fucking letter and it's like it's really vague in like what it wants it's not really clear like do you want us to do something it's like you don't want us to say we don't like what you're saying is that what you'd like it really is like whiny as fuck it's like these people who are like i'm sorry jk rowling like listen first off fucking insane jk rowling jk rowling can feel however she feels about trans people she is totally it is totally within her rights to feel and think whatever it's also in her within her rights to say whatever she wants about trans people I, i i mean i will say personally if I were a billionaire author of children's books, I might find a different place to channel my time and energy 
like yeah, really during I, during the most one of the most oppressive and dangerous times in history yeah, i think like, i'd find something else to contribute like, in I'd my like, castle I'd look, I'd look around the landscape personally one this is one man's opinion i'd look around the landscape of things that are happening in the world and fi- find a place where i felt there was a real match of like injustice and danger for people who are at risk and try to maybe like help those people out instead of going after a group of those people that's just my one man's opinion, but you know, and but it doesn't have to be trans people. You could be like, I'm not fucking with trans people because that's not my bag, okay? But there's some kids over here I can help, or whatever you could be doing with your time. But so, like, she's perfectly within her rights to think what she thinks and to say what she says and to write what she writes. J.K. Rowling, if she wanted to tomorrow, for the most part, I mean, she could write a book about how trans people are bad and. It would be published. It would be published in 70 fucking languages. It would be. It would on, likely be a bestseller. It would be in bookstores and a lot of people would read it. I'm not saying that she should do that or it would be good. But when you talk about people who, who like are concerned about deplatforming, which is what, you know, the ostensibly this letter was about. It's like, dude, you are not those people. Malcolm Gladwell is not that person. And like, you're not fighting for whoever it is you think you're fighting for like ryan lizza from the new yorker who's like a guy who got canceled from the new yorker and is now on like cnn or whatever you know it's like and i it's like i don't know the details of his cancellation but i can tell you like they fired him for a reason the new yorker doesn't just randomly fire people for no reason the point is it's like the point is if you're jesse single and your whole fucking thing is you can't stop thinking about trans people it bothers you so much you 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 really think that there's a problem with people being the gender they identify you think that that's like the whole thing that you want to fight and you're going to publish articles that are cover stories for the atlantic you're going to start a podcast with another transphobic person and just sit around and talk about how pronouns are crazy and they're ruining society totally that's your bag that's what you want to do i'm not saying you shouldn't be allowed to do it i'm not saying you shouldn't be allowed to monetize it i kind of think you know we can't step on you doing that stuff until it crosses a point of actually threatening people and like danger and like calling for violence. If we step on those rights, it becomes too muddy. And I don't think the government should have that power. Totally get that. But But guess what? Not everyone on Twitter is going to be nice to you. If that's the dude you choose to be right. You choose to be the dude that says a whole group of people is invalid and should probably, you know, suffer the consequences of the psychological torture that the medical establishment has agreed is comes along with misgendering and suppressing trans people. If you think that they deserve all of that because it's, it's confusing to you, you have to be willing to hear from those people on Twitter who screenshot your shitty article and explain why it's bad. That's yeah. not deplatforming. It, it, it's like, also it's like, it's like, that's like consequences of your actions and the things I, you say. Yeah. So, so there's, so, but the, but you know, it's like these, these, these people are like, it's like, there's some weird straw man that they want to try to like, that they're trying to like in their mind, there's some like person who's being deplatformed who is not them, who is somebody else who doesn't deserve it, who I guess is like somebody who writes for Quillette or whatever, you know? And it's like, it's like Barry Weiss, you haven't been fucking deplatformed. People were mad and mean to you on Twitter, but you yeah, write for everyone the, donks on you, but you write for the New York you Times. Write for the you New have York a Times. book deal. I'm sorry. Are we, who are we defending Tom Cotton's editorial on how we should use military force against American citizens on American streets? Like that's the hill you want to die on. It's like, the other thing is this. They're not 
this is I mean, obviously like we're kind of beating a dead horse here, but like this concept of like we're not allowing debate to happen. It's like there are a million places with massive audiences that would have loved to publish Tom Cotton's article about military force being used against Americans. There are a million places with tens of millions or hundreds of millions in audience size that would have relished publishing it. People were mad about it being published in the New York Times, which they considered to have higher standards. And like, that's not deplatforming. That's saying like, there are places where that should be, we think, and places where it doesn't deserve the prestige of of the New York Times, and like, or think places where we don't des- think it deserves that kind of prestige. But again, like, again, when is the New York Times going to publish my op-ed that I think space aliens are controlling my butt, right. and that they're <laughs> sent they're sent from they really should. to undermine my poops? Like, they really, why won't they yeah. write that no, piece? That's really my should. opinion. Really, are you deplatforming I, me? I agree. The time has come. The light needs to be shined onto this shed, onto this topic, this very important topic concerning your butthole. Uh, but 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 here's the thing. Anyhow, the point is the letter's so dumb and these people are so fucking uh, 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 annoying. They're annoying more than anything. It's like J.K. Rowling, is so she's so annoying to me because it's like you could do anything with your life. The, the problem you're talking about, let's pretend like I think that like the root of J.K. Rowling's thing about trans people is like she has a fear. This is the scenario I believe. It's like something like this. She's worried that like a survivor of rape, a woman who's raped by a man might be in a scenario where this is like, I'm giving, this is like a little bit of like the argument that I've, I essentially have gleaned from what she's saying could be in a scenario where she is forced to share an intimate space, like a changing room with a trans woman, uh, who that woman who had the sexual assault would identify as a man and that would be upsetting. Not that the person would do anything to her. So like, but the scenario is so like edge case, so fringe of like reality. It's like you're, you have to go through so many mental hoops to create the scenario for it to be a problem for you. It's like, th- let's pretend this is a problem. Like the world's not a perfect place for everybody. I encounter people in scenarios that I feel uncomfortable with. It's almost a weird thing where it's like it's like these people are definitely the people who are like safe spaces on college campuses are ridiculous, but they're kind of like I have a safe space that I require based on this extremely specific criteria, and if I don't get it, I'm being silenced. And it's like, guys, you sound like fucking idiots. Like, I'm sorry, we have like they're just bigger, much bigger, more important things to worry about in this world. And I feel like it's such a shame. This is like I think about this with Elon Musk all the time. Here's a guy with a massive platform who has done some things that are pretty great, in my opinion. Like some of the things he's done are are good, but it's like you have this massive platform, you have all this money, and your targets are so small-minded and so wrong and so like such a waste of everybody's time and energy, you know? And it's like, I just, I just, I get it. Like I get the, I get the, I get the concern. I get thinking a lot about how speech works and thinking a lot about how communication works and going like, wait a second, we've got to be careful that we don't silence voices that we need to hear just because they sound different from what we think. That's a really good, valuable thing to think about. Like I totally endorse the idea that we should hear opposing views. We should all be listening to what the other side has to say within reason, within fucking reason. 
Like, I don't but if the other side, if the if other the, side, yeah, is is is, is they're threatening like, if violence. Like, if somebody's like Jew, all Jews are greedy, and we should gas them. I'm like, I don't need to. Engage, no one needs to engage with this opinion. It's one. We've heard the opinion many times. Well, by that's many the people. other side of two, it. Is there's two, never been more places to debate? That's what I'm saying. You can go. There are a plenty of websites that will that would love to host that content, but it's like we don't all have to listen to it. We don't. It doesn't have to be on every website. It doesn't have to be in every newspaper. The point is, but also when it comes to certain topics, it's kind of like, well, you think that the history of slavery in the South was good. And you respect the history of it and your ancestors who lived there. And you think that, like, uh, it's important that their statues remain up. And it's like, well, here's the thing. We know for a fact statues can be taken down. Statues which honor fucking torturers and slave owners can be taken down. And the history about those people can still be in books. You can still talk about it and think about it, but it doesn't. You don't have to subject a, a large portion of the populace to their fucking image as if they are some kind of hero, which they definitely fucking are not, because they lost the war, and we've all decided in this country that slavery is bad and racism racism is bad, and we're trying to stamp it out. So it's like there's we don't need to have the debate about why you think the statue should stay up. I don't fucking care. No one cares. It's like you don't get to just have the things that you want because you really want them. If that was the case, I'd be you know, on a pile of money surrounded by beautiful women all the time. But, you know, the reality is you're not. I'm a, I'm a simp. Well, you know, you don't know what I'm saying. The point is, like, like it's just the, it's just such a whiny fucking dumb argument from these people. It's like if, if Barry Wise can't write about how I don't know what even what she fucking writes about at this point. Dumb shit. Uh, she hates Palestinians and yeah, she hates Palestinians, right? If she can't write pro-Israel screeds in the New York Times, her voice is being silenced. It's like, imagine all of the Palestinian writers whose voices are being silenced right now, who actually have the opposing viewpoint. Barry Weiss's viewpoint is the popular, politically accepted viewpoint, which is Israel is the boss. Palestine can go fuck itself. Well, imagine if we heard from. The other actual other side that has been silenced, which is the Palestinians who have been fucking oppressed by the Israelis. And like this is the thing that's the the hip the 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 hypocritical nature of the letter is so unbelievable. And it's so there right in front of these people and that they can't see it is such an indication of their unworthiness of our attention. You know? Anyhow. And the point is the letter's stupid. And nobody should engage with these people. And why we even spent 20 minutes talking about it, I don't know. But I, I hate myself. Know. I hate myself for doing it. Oh, all right. What else is going on out there? Um, well, let's talk about this Ghislaine Maxwell. Yeah. Blockbuster you published? Ghislaine. 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 Uh, so, yeah. So you published this piece yesterday, uh, which is fascinating. Uh, which is some people on Reddit have become convinced that there is this really, really powerful Redditor, which I, by the way, I don't really, I'm not a Reddit person, so I don't spend a lot of time thinking about it. But this really powerful Redditor, uh, they, people have, fig- have, well, they think that they have figured out or at least are uh, investigating the possibility that Ghislaine Maxwell, who is Jeffrey Epstein's like pro- procurer of young of 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 children also uh, also an alleged pedophile in her own right let's not alleged you know, pedophile 
feminism. Uh, uh, yeah, alleged procurer, women, whatever. Women can be anything they put set their minds to. It's incredible, incredible. The glass ceiling is finally broken in pedophilia. <laughs> um, but no, but so that she also somehow was moonlighting as like a massively popular redditor with like a huge amount of power on the site and like uh, karma, which I guess is um, th- something you're awarded on Reddit uh, when you do things. Yeah. I'm a lurker on Reddit, which means I don't really post anything. I have like my account. If anybody wants to come send me a message, it's the same as it is on Twitter. Um, I don't really comment. Occasionally, when Celebrity Big Brother comes around, I'll dive into that, but then I'll delete my comments because um, I'm a coward. Mm. But I was scrolling through Reddit, and obviously, I'm subscribed to a million subreddits, um, two of which are r slash Epstein and r slash conspiracy. And both of those subreddits tend to have wing nuts, but this theory was starting to like catch fire that this user called you slash Maxwell Hill, who is the eighth most powerful Redditor and was the first to a million link karma and was a charter member of the site, which means that the account was created very shortly after the creation of Reddit itself um, in 2006 and has been like a daily poster is one of those accounts that like has a bot set up so that it just sort of auto pulls headlines and posts them in subreddits to keep accruing karma, which is the points you get um, if you do a good job curating the site. Um, And the thing that like, not only is the account like her last name, which I I know seems obvious, but like she's been known to create pseudonyms or usernames that are just basically her name. that that account, which is posted every single day for 14 years, nearly stopped posting down to the hour a week ago when Glenn was arrested by law enforcement in New Hampshire. And that the usage of that account had skyrocketed in the period when she was supposedly in New Hampshire and not leaving her house. Obviously, we're in quarantine, so that like there's an explanation if this isn't Glenn Maxwell. Um, But the post history actually also lines up in a number of other ways. For example, right after Jeffrey Epstein's suicide, it stopped posting for a couple days right after Glenn's mother died. It stopped uh, posting for a couple days. And it's also, you know, not insignificant that the account has commented on every major news story of the last decade and a half and has never commented on the Jeffrey Epstein and Glenn Maxwell case, um, which is, seems unlikely as it is one of the biggest news stories of the last two years. And, uh, you know, it, in the instances where they did discuss pedophilia, um, the account seems pretty fixated on loosening child pornography laws um about sex sexual offender laws having overreach about like violence against children about um you know there there there's like a lot of content that you would expect from someone who was a pedophile <laughs> and yeah what's difficult is that like of course there's no way to prove that this is her because it probably isn't like if you think about it some of this stuff is coincidences, like the account says that their birthday is in December, and so is Glenn's, or, you know, the posting history. Like, I'm sure anybody who's a really prolific poster on any part of the internet, you could line it up in a convincing way with another public figure, especially if their account happened to be a similar name. Um, and so, like, 
in all likelihood this account isn't her. But also we don't know because the account who has been tagged a million times and normally is very active on Reddit simply seems to refuse to disregard the theory or do anything to prove that someone's still using the account. Um, And in any event, all of which to say it's it's very odd. I don't know if it's her. It's a very interesting theory in any event. But what should shock you is that the account of this eighth most powerful Redditor who has so much sway over these front page subreddits like politics and technology and world news is indistinguishable from a pedophile. <laughs> like their account is also posting this horrifying stuff that would implicate them in uh, some criminal stuff. And yeah. that that kind of person can rise to power on Reddit because what Reddit like rewards in influence is like an obsessive drive for more influence. Yeah. It's uh I thought that was the most one of the most interesting points about that in your story which was thinking about the influence of these I mean, this is so true of, I mean, you just saw, we just saw, you know, we wrote about this thing, this Ben Shapiro thing about his like really weird outsized influence on Facebook and how it's like actually a coordinated effort with a bunch of like, you know, shadow accounts and stuff. Uh, unsurprisingly, it's phony. Um, but it, it it creates a real influence. Like, you know, but like there's, there are people who are like steering this shit. They're not the, they're not the people who build the sites. They're not the general users of the sites. You know, they are like the and they and they are just operating in this place of like total autonomy, um, which is you know, on the, in one way is wonderful. Like that we can have these like incredible sort of like community sourced, uh, uh, you know, destinations. But it's also like sort of scary to consider like where is all the who is like swirling this information and synthesizing it why is it this person and not somebody else you know how does it you know how does that end up on the front page versus something else and it's like yeah it's like often it's like popular you know popularity but a lot of times it's like because of the because of the thrust of these influencers and that's you know it's pretty fucking it's it's worth in, interrogating and investigating, you know, for sure. And I mean, uh, and your piece sort of starts sheer, to do that a bit. The sheer anonymity of that level of influence on such a big source of the news. Like imagine if your news anchors or journalists were completely anonymous for Chan posters. Like, not every Reddit account is anonymous. Obviously, it's a choice you can make. But that someone who holds what I think most people would uh, assume to be violent and inappropriate and kind of scary uh, opinions or wants to engage with those kind of topics can be completely anonymous and control a big section of the news with no accountability is it it is unsettling. And I think Reddit is such a like core part of the internet and also a very scary part of the internet because it has a huge mob mentality and it's extremely defensive. Um, that we take that for granted like that's what it has to be but this is similar to my youtube thing which is just like maybe we shouldn't all have the ability to upload as much video as we want at all times with no editorial oversight and no limits and like no bans and no like literally anyone could just make an account and upload as much video as they want it would be instantly available and probably served up to the world on a silver platter if it meets certain algorithmic markers um, probably there shouldn't be a website that drives so much traffic and so much news that is completely based on anarchy. Um, that seems yeah. like a bad idea. <laughs> um, yeah. 
I mean, and so like this conspiracy theory is this true? I, I don't know. It, it's certainly novel and interesting to like fall down a rabbit hole. It certainly seems fairly harmless, but if it isn't true, it this case is still really illustrative of like what the internet is like right now. Yeah, I mean, I think. Well, I mean, you, you mentioned YouTube. It's like then you have this whole like shane dawson shit that's been happening which like i don't by the way i don't follow any of those people at all but i think to your point it's like oh yeah shane dawson was posting these like absolutely horrible horrible fucking um videos that are like racist and like weird like child sex stuff and like i don't know the extent i mean maybe you can you can explain a little bit more but a lot of blackface a lot of pedophile jokes a lot of bestiality animal abuse um and he's apologized for it but like you know, it's one thing to like be like, oh yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that. Sorry, guys. It's another thing to like do the work and investigate like why you did that and make amends and and like use your power that you accrued through those really horrifying means to like make any kind of difference. And Shane's never really been the kind of person that's like selfless. Yeah. Um, and he he's used his power to basically rehabilitate people like Jeffrey Star, who like Jeffrey Star's violently attacked black people and called them slurs. Jeffrey Star has, you know, uh, said horrifying things about the trans community, even though Jeffrey Star seems to be androgynous and queer himself. Um, he's he's said and done horrible things to women, mostly black women, for a long time. And Shane Dawson used the power he accrued through doing blackface to rehabilitate Jeffrey Star's image. It's just like. At a certain point, like, I think you it, – it stretches the bounds of believability that Shane Dawson is suddenly, like, a good person um, when you take all of that into account. And at a certain point, like, YouTube needs to reckon with the fact that, like, to many people, Shane Dawson was, like, YouTube itself. Like, Shane Dawson came out of shitty posted videos from 2007 and became a personality-driven channel who does, like, long-form videos that are sponsored by ad partners. And, like, like he's he's the ultimate YouTuber, in a sense. Um, and that's their image. And, like, you know, if Shane wants to go off and do that on his own podcast or some independent thing, he's totally free to do that. But I think YouTube needs to investigate, like, why their system rewarded this person to begin with like whether or not you want to take him down because you're like you know our image is currently jeffrey star shane dawson and pewdiepie uh we should probably like clean that up a little bit not just for advertisers but like for ethical reasons you should probably look into why those people were rewarded and are consistently rewarded by the system you set up like it's the same thing with the far-right conspiracy videos i mean why is the beauty community like, why does racism and controversy and toxicity and violence rise to the top in the beauty community? What about the system you've set up has take it could take something like makeup and turn it into like violent hate speech? And it's the same thing that like you can start watching a news video on YouTube and then you'll be suggested that you look at Fox News and then it will suggest you look at OANN and then it will suggest you look at far right like, you know, uh, Tim Pool. And you then it suggests you look at, you know, race purity. And, you know, then it suggests you look at, like, the Nazi KKK stuff. And then it suggests you look at, like, Holocaust denial stuff. And, and at a certain point, like, you logged on because you were like, what's going on with coronavirus? And then you came off of it with a lot being led 
down a rabbit hole of information that isn't true and is violent and dangerous. And I, I just think like while we're investigating and trying to revolutionize the systems in the real world, we should realize that the internet is also the real world in a lot of senses. And like we, I, I think Twitter is maybe the only big giant social network or media site that I don't agree with everything they do. Certainly I would love to have a conversation with at Jack, uh, but I, I, I don't, I think that they're at least trying and as amongst like YouTube and Facebook at the moment and Reddit and these places that ha really haven't done a ton besides like ban the worst of the worst, but they haven't like systematically changed anything with in their like internal structure. Um, it's depressing because it's like all these companies post like black lives matter, but they're not willing to like actually try to substantively change and help marginalized communities and the victims of violence. Like they don't actually, they'll, they'll pay lip service, but they don't actually do anything. Right. Right. I mean, look, I do, you know, we've talked about this before, but it's like some amount of gatekeeping on this, you know, like we do need to get better at like, what is, I mean, to your point, like this is, you know, you're sort of like, you know, this is, this is what YouTube is. It's like, yeah, like, and that's not good. Like it's, we shouldn't be like, wow, it's, it's like, it's, it's troubling on many levels that PewDiePie is so popular. But right? the thing is, like, they I, already do gatekeeping. They already keep porn well, off. They already do some level of gatekeeping. And yeah. they don't let, allow copyrighted videos. So if they're already going to do gatekeeping, you're admitting that there are things that will be uploaded that the system will not automatically delete. And so we need to come up with ways to make it automatically delete that content because we don't want it. Apply that to stuff like PewDiePie because at the moment, the opposite is happening. PewDiePie is the biggest, most famous YouTuber in the world cleaning up and like throwing around Nazi stuff. Right. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, the Shane Dawson stuff is in some ways like way worse almost. It's like, it's so much more insidious and seems so much more like a consistent part of his like previous, like whatever his previous iteration was of like existence um like yeah it's just it's just like I, I don't know how you i don't know how you you know how do you have things that are organic that come out of like an organic um sort of like growth right like you know dude had a following and more and more people subscribed and they found him charming and interesting and funny or whatever and it's like how do you allow organic things to happen you know while also trying to figure out who is going to be uh, problematic or who is problematic. Like, I don't know. I mean, at this point, I think I feel like YouTube should be way better at it than they are. You know, yeah. they should be way better at it than they are. They should have. They certainly have the data and resources. Yeah. Uh, it's like, you know, maybe they don't care. Maybe at the end of the day, they don't care. Maybe it's, I mean, is it impossible? I mean, why would to... they care? Their incentives are money. Right. What, I mean, what, what's to make them care is it impossible to moderate such a thing is it impossible to say like we're not going to do it this way i mean i don't think that's the case but i do think that yeah the incentives are all wrong and so we end up with you know you know it's interesting the other question that's interesting to ask is like you know who like how much of of the the fan base of, of these people is like you know 
they're sort of getting in whatever way, rat, not radicalized is not the right word, but they're becoming different people. So many of these fans are so young of the YouTube. And I'm not trying to be like the old guys, like the kids these days, but like so many, such a huge amount of their fan bases is young and their worldviews are being shaped by this in such a, in such a meaningful way. And it's like, I mean, I'm not saying like they're six, but like, you know, they're 12, they're 15. They're like, these are like young people. And like, there is, uh, you know, there is something that is really, you know, disturbing about it. Just There's an really- entire generation who's been home for months, whose main source of information from the outside world is through the internet. And they're 12 and 8 and 15 and 19. And it's really scary to me because I was fed a bunch of bullshit information from high school textbooks that were wrong or from bad TV sources or bad opinions from teachers or adults in my life that I think did damage my worldview and took a long time to unravel and uh, unlearn. And I feel like I've had to work pretty hard as an adult to get closer to what I think is both actual truth, but also like a functional worldview. And I worry because we have literally no idea what, wrong information these kids are getting it's so much more extreme it is so much it's not like you know george washington cut down a cherry tree is a lie it's like the holocaust didn't happen and here's all the reasons why and some encouragement if you say that you agree there's no oversight and no adult in the room on places like reddit or youtube the adult in the room is indistinguishable from galaine maxwell that should really worry us um and so, I, I mean, I think we're we're all obviously in agreement on this. Um, yeah. I think like we're in agreement and I assume that Tony would understand at least this viewpoint. Um, but I do think like, I don't know, please let me know if you have any information on this Reddit account, because I do think this is a really illustrative case. And no matter what happens, I think um, it, it should, this should probably be kind of a reckoning for Reddit. They should probably look in the mirror a little bit. Well, they've been haven't they been looking in the mirror? I mean, isn't aren't they? Is there an ongoing, uh, you know, sort of reckoning happening with with Reddit right now? I mean, there's yes some and changing. no. They've deleted a bunch of subreddits that were toxic in the past, but were kind of dead at this point. Um, but they haven't deleted other stuff. Like there's still a pro North Korea subreddit. There's still a pro Chinese death camp subreddit. Um, And those are really active, whereas they shut down like r slash the Donald, which was like a very toxic Trump supporter place. But all those Trump supporters have now migrated to other subreddits and other conspiracy theories and stuff. And so it's really hard to keep up with because even if you slap one down, if you don't change the system that's making them, you know, you have to play whack-a-mole. And then if that's what you want to do, you got to get really good at whack-a-mole. And I don't think that they're like really good at it yet. They've certainly made some headlines for stuff like this, and I think it's a good precedent to set, but. Yeah. Yeah. It's very depressing. I mean, honestly, it's a real downer. I mean, did anything that wasn't a downer happen this week? That's the real question, you know? Mm, trying to we think. Were, what was we were, we were talking. We were talking earlier about phones, and I was like, I remember when I was so excited about phones, <laughs> you know? I know. And. And I was like, I, you know, I just, I cannot imagine me getting excited about phones at this point. Like, I'm happy about some of the apples, some of the stuff that Apple's done. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. Like, these widgets are cool. Like, I dig it. Um, 
it's just like seems everything seems so secondary to you know the state of the world right now i mean it's it's very hard to to get to feel enthusiastic about almost anything that is like especially like when it comes to stuff you need to buy i mean we're in such a it's such a crazy um the world is in such a crazy financial state life is like in this weird like a uh, frozen almost like stasis i mean laura and i were talking about this last night and it's like when does this when do things go back to normal like like there was a normal that i can remember it, it not it's not just coronavirus obviously that is a the coronavirus stuff is like truly has magnified and clarified just how insane the world is right now but you know almost immediately you know following trump's election i mean even during before the election i mean that entire the entire 2016 i mean from 2015 on felt weird and like things had gone off the rails but i think part of that might just be it was brought to our attention how off the rails things had been for a while well certainly there's a lot of that i mean there has been a i mean if again you know i hate to talk about silver linings in the situation we're in you know i think what we've been seeing around um uh, Black Lives Matter and and the protests um, that have been happening in America and, and continue to happen. Uh, and what, you know, how, well, we're seeing some people take some steps to actually address this stuff. You know, it's it's sort of like this is this needed to happen. There needed to be um, a breaking point in some way. But I mean, that's a very, very uh, bad and sad silver lining. But hopefully... You know, we can all uh, look back and say, sure, it was the worst time ever, but uh, it activated people in a way that they had not maybe previously been activated and and perhaps will deactivate some people. Deactivation culture, you know, that could be a thing. And I'm here for it. All right. Well, on that note, do you have any nice things before we head out into our freedom? I mean, I have uh, really, I mean, my nice things have been very limited this week. But uh, I started playing GTA Five again, um, and I got you know I downloaded it for free when Epic was giving it away because I have it for like several other platforms, and um, I've never really played it very much. But I have to say, it's great right now because I wish I could like travel to Los Angeles and be around people, and um, so you know it's about as close as you can get without actually doing it which nobody should do because um, we're in the midst of like a horrible second wave of the coronavirus uh, uh, outbreak. So, you know, I would say my nice thing is like the, the uh, escapism of, of uh, Los Santos, AKA Los Angeles uh, in grand theft auto five. Also, like I gotta say it is entertaining. I mean, I know this is gonna sound horrible, but it really is entertaining to sometimes just like plow into people. You know, like, I think we all feel it. I think we all feel it. the frustration of life sometimes, you know, you want to like let it out. And I think a great way to let it out is to like, just like drive your car full speed into a crowd of people in, in a video game uh, where no actual person is hurt and there are no repercussions. That's, that's the only way violence should ever be done is inside of a video game. <laughs> Anyhow, that's my nice thing, which seems very dark. My nice thing is that for my birthday, um, John and I, took uh he like made a ton of food like with off the wall recipes that were delicious and we would have never tried if it wasn't a special occasion and i took a giant edible um and we watched um 
the new un- uh, Unsolved Mysteries. And oh my god, is it good? Delicious food. Here's the thing: some of the episodes are good, but there is one episode about aliens that I thought oh, was yeah. the stupidest fucking thing I'd ever seen in my life. And I'm there cackling with John because we're just like, I can totally see how these people have convinced themselves of this, but like, it's so ridiculous. And we're like laughing and laughing. And then I go on Twitter and a bunch of people happen to be watching it at the same time as us. And so I was like searching up people I knew's opinions on this Aliens episode because I wanted to see like the memes. People fully Mm. think that there were aliens and that these people are right. And they're not seeing what I'm seeing. Well, was it like, was it like aliens in the sky or was it like abductions? Abductions. Oh, no. (laughs) <laughs> and people on Twitter were like, well, that happened. And I'm like, wait, are you serious? And they're like, yeah, that was really convincing. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> um, so yeah. I would say my nice I mean, thing is, is, is remembering that we can have different perspectives on things. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's just like it's just like that letter that the Harper's letter, you know, it's really mm-hmm. about like we got to allow all op- all opinions matter. <laughs> all perspectives matter. That's what I say. You it know, was the first time in a long time. You think there aren't abductions? It was the first time in a long time that I thought to myself, am I wrong? Because I was so high that I was like, I could be wrong. And then I woke up and the next day and I was like, oh, yeah. No, that's insane. There are no aliens. <laughs> I mean, not doing abductions. I mean, I don't think there – I believe there are aliens uh, yeah. in existence. they're not – they're not no. levitating cows and, and like doing probes. I mean, they're, they're not. Yeah, I don't think they're like going into people's houses or whatever. I mean, there there are these recent videos that are like you know the Navy put out. They're like, yeah, we think like we don't know what these things are, but um, which is you know raises questions. But like, I don't know. I don't think. I mean, listen. What what do I really know? You know what? What do we What do we know? Maybe there are abductions. Maybe there are alien abductions. No, I don't think aliens. I just feel like we would. I feel like we'd have a lot more evidence. I think we'd have a lot more evidence if there were actual abductions. I I think somebody'd be able to like. There'd be some like fucking a paranormal activity type of shit. You know, somebody sets up a webcam, and next thing you know, there's like some like tentacle monster dragging you up to a ship. Like we'd have or something. Alternatively, there would never be any evidence because they would be so good at this that they would have such mastery of the technology. Why would why would this like by the way? from idaho yeah. be like i remember floating like no you wouldn't <laughs> well this is like i don't want to i don't want to go down into a rabbit hole during nice things but this is like the uh which we didn't we didn't really discuss at all but the wayfair did we discuss this hold on wait we did not discuss wayfair this is like the i mean you know not that i want to go down a rabbit hole but the wayfair child trafficking q and thing that's going on that has been going on now for several days on the internet which is like uh uh you know, these, there's like a $13,000 cabinet named, like, has the same name as a girl that's gone missing. And they're like, that's it. And it's like, why would you, why would you put it on Wayfair with the same name if you wanted to be, dis- you know what I mean? Like, there are better ways to get the child trafficked, I assume, than advertising her as a product on Wayfair that costs $13,000. Anyhow. The- the best response I saw to this Wayfair thing was someone who sincerely believed it and then followed it up by saying, do you think missing children flyers are actually advertisements for those missing children? And I was like, yes, to find them. 
You're using advertising to find them, not to sell them. No, I saw, I saw, I unfortunately, because of your, because of your, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, story, I unfortunately, um, was in the conspiracy theory Reddit for a little bit. And somebody was like, uh, there's some awesome galaxy brain shit in there. Somebody was like, why is this con? Why is this? conspiracy getting so much attention that's the real question it's like the real conspiracy is this is they (laughs) want us they want us to see this and have this conversation to distract us from the real real conspiracy (gasps) they want us to talk about how they're distracting us so they can distract us from the distraction yeah it's so awesome (laughs) they don't know that we know they know they know that we know what they know the one thing the one thing that i definitely know is that nobody is as good as the conspiracy theorists can like make themselves believe like (laughs) like the conspiracy theorists have a, a version of humanity that's like so much better than actual humanity at doing things. They're uh-huh. like, this Trump is really taking out the child uh, rapist. And I'm like, Trump is barely able to change the channel. That's what I think. Okay. <laughs> he's like barely able to stay on a fucking topic for two minutes. You know, they're like, he's an elite fucking stormtrooper of freedom. It's like, yeah, he's like can barely walk down a ramp. Okay. <laughs> like he's not taking out, the billionaire elite that are all uh, to have a child sex ring, which also like, like maybe like in some, like the Epstein stuff, like does suggest that there were a lot of people who were involved in with a guy who definitely was involved with like some fucked up child sex stuff. But like to the extent that it was well organized and like everybody else knew about what everybody else was doing. Like I have my doubts, you know, yeah. like there were some people who were doing like, you know, rapes, and then there were probably a lot of people who were just like hanging out with other billionaires who didn't really, you know, it's like yeah. you, all these pictures. I'm not, by the way, not letting anybody off the hook, but people are like a picture of somebody and Ghislaine Maxwell. It's like, there it is. And it's like, mm, she was like a socialite who was at parties. Like lots of people are parties. You know, how many parties Harvey Weinstein was at, you know, like there were a lot of people at parties with Harvey Weinstein that didn't do shit with Harvey Weinstein. Anyhow, not to I'm not defending anybody, but I'm just saying like the conspiracy <laughs> theorists are always sure that like there's an intricate network of people and plans that have been pulled off and that they've somehow cracked into sorry, I know I'm this is our nice stuff, but they've somehow cracked into the secret, the great secret, the biggest secret, some might say. Uh in and they now they've like they can expose it. It's like you're not one, you're not that smart, and two, they're not that smart. It's it's the son of Sam thing where you're like, yeah, this guy was talking to his dog and did a bunch of murders. That is fucking batshit crazy. I don't think he was talking to Satan. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's a jump to make to be like, uh, yeah, so there was a billionaire pedophile. But I don't think that means that there's like lizard people pedophile sex I mean, ring it, that's like doing like fucking child murders to summon the youth to well, Hillary Clinton. Like, that's I don't why know. That's why you need to read The Biggest Secret. Um, I, think, the, the, I think Bill's just a creep. I think he's the a truth. sex creep. Well, the funny thing about the whole the whole Pizzagate thing and this, you know, all this new stuff is it literally is all this stuff is like from books like The Biggest Secret, you know, my favorite book by David Icke, where he talks about these like, you know, these like cults and child sex slavery and like black magic and all this shit. That's like all these people believe this is like old school. This is like the same thing they've been talking about for ages. And like, you know, just like when Trump is like, 
you know, somebody did something. It's like me thinks thou doth protest. It's like definitely you did it a hundred percent. So I'm always like all these guys like Mike Cernovich. He's like, it's Pizzagate. It's like mm, you seem a little bit too interested in who's a pedophile. You know, it's a weird thing. Like, <laughs> like there aren't that many of them. There aren't that many of them like in power. And like your obsession with the topic is somewhat concerning. Anyhow, this is, I'll that, be, I'm going to be I'm going to be on conspiracy r slash conspiracy theory tomorrow. Like Josh Topolsky is a, you know, alien uh, child rapist shill for the shill state. Shill. Oh, no, there somebody somebody actually on that on that uh, conspiracy theory, uh, that was like talking about your article about Ghislaine was like the misinformation campaign has already begun. It's like the first thing, the first paragraph says it's nonsense. And it's like, actually like you took it way more seriously than probably like was like, was advisable, you know, like it's like, it's like, yeah, the, the disinformation gets, you know, uh, a campaign has already begun on input where we're like, this actually is kind of checks out. The whole campaign was me a, a little bit stoned in my bedroom, trying to like work on this article for two days. That yeah. was the whole disinformation campaign the team is exhausted we were trying to come up with what our next move is but oh, you know that's where how it are we started how how are we gonna how are we going to destroy this how are we gonna destroy this conspiracy theory <laughs> so that um the truth doesn't get out that's all we think that's all we do and think about i, I just think about torpedoing r slash conspiracy for george soros mm, and honestly yes. i should get back to it so yeah get um, back on there all right let's let's wrap this thing up all right, bye. Bye. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best, though I've just heard that your family is at Disney World and there's aliens there. <laughs>